This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't know planes that they're and police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome, strange uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm a son of a bitch. That is very true. Yes, you are. <laughs> Just like the Johnny Cash song says, is what it is. Um, welcome, everybody. Welcome, all listeners and strangers and followers. Uh, this is actually a monthly 40 in news that we do. Uh, and you know what, guys? I kind of lost track of this fucking month with everything going on. I don't even know. I don't even know what today is, which is just strange that we should be it's in this June, situation. Uh, 18th. Is it 18th Thursday. or is it 19th? It's 18th. Uh, yeah, it's uh, straight up freaking 18th. Oh, is it really? Um, and I just wanted to comment, uh, Josh. You're a son of a bitch, but at least you ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> you better think about it, baby. <laughs> not not the Nazareth song. That's awesome. Um, no, definitely I guess it, not the Nazareth song. Yeah, no, yeah, right, right. No, we're thinking Misfits, Shane. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, well, I was more of a uh, black fl- black flag fan, not a Misfits fan. But that's cool. Um, so yes, today's 18th. This will drop here in a few days. Uh, this is our news episode. I gotta say, I had some trouble finding some news on this one because, like we said last time, everything's convoluted. There's other yeah, things going on. COVID and politics, which. <sighs> is, yeah, you know, I guess rightfully so. I don't know. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. It's not really a normal state of the world. No, but. not at all. And I gotta say, so I'm gonna make a quick PSA, and then we can move on. You know, with everything that we got happening. Um, I got in a conversation the other day with a person, and uh, really kind of upset me a little bit. And I guess the bottom line is just with everything occurring when we talk about politics and COVID and racial relations and everything else. Just be a fucking good person. That's all you have to do. If you yeah, I think don't, that's really think, hard for people. It's that I don't understand how hard that is. If you have something in your mind and you're not sure you should say it, you don't fucking say it. How's that sound? Well, there's well, people are they think they have the right to say it now because the leader of our country can say whatever he wants. So now they're they are energized and they think that their voice should be heard when really they need to go back to the corner, far, far corner <laughs> of the just fuck off over there. Yep. 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 Oh man. I was talking about this shit with one of my more militant friends the other day. And I was like, maybe we should just start lynching racists. Fuck it. Oh yeah. Fuck. You know what? Choose fast. See right? how fast they shut the fuck up then. Yeah. Oh, it just anyway. amazes me. And even people that don't think they're racist. If you have a fucking inkling that, you know, if a thought in your head <laughs> that leans towards that way, well, how come me? What about my life? Fuck you if and sit in the back fucking seat. You, then you're probably a little bit racist and you might want to look at some shit in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking absolutely. And I mean, this is a good time for all of us to kind of be reflecting. I mean, we're three white guys. I've been reflecting a lot on my privilege and been reflecting a lot on things that, you know, that I can take out of it that, you know, sure. I can learn from, I mean, I'm not racist, but I think I've definitely taken uh, for granted my privilege at points in time. And I haven't really realized that. And this has been a good learning experience. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. really lucky that I have the privilege that I have because I have taken yeah. it, uh, taken it for granted. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. And I think too, you know, so how do you use it for good? You know, if you you realize that you we are in this situation because we're all three white. Well, I'm Polish. I don't know about you guys, but oh, just that's saying. different. You know, that's totally different. Uh, <laughs> but when we look at that, you know, can we can we use that for something good? Can we if we know this and we come to the realization that we have this? How do we how do we turn around and we make that voice heard so we can help other people that just fucking are in that situation, which yeah. they should be. Well, 
But well, now is the time to listen to the disenfranchised, and maybe it's time for us to keep our mouths shut and we listen to, you know, the disenfranchised, the African American community, and just people that their voices are generally stomped out. Now yep. it's time yep. for us to kind of take a step back and hear and listen. Listen. That's you know, the key word what, right there. To what they have to say and to listen to their plight and everything. Yep. And for us to understand and yeah. Absolutely. And this this actually kind of is a good segue into my first story if we if we <laughs> can, I mean yeah. You know, um, so this is kind of a lighthearted segue, but I also have a lot of things to say about it. Um, West Virginia, there are residents in West Virginia that want to replace all the Confederate statues with uh, Mothman statues. I saw oh, that. Fuck yeah. That's so which cool. Which is fucking awesome. And it, I found this story a little later and I was just scrolling through Instagram and I follow, uh, Sarah Underwood, she's very attractive woman. Uh, I, you know, I follow her on Instagram and she posted this uh, video of people tearing down, you know, statues of racist people from the past. And normally I don't do this, but I was reading the comments for some reason. And I just feel like there's a lot of people that are really, this is going over their head. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and there's some people that are like blown away. They're like, oh, you are going to lose so many followers. It's like, who gives a yeah. fuck? You, fuck you and your followers. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what you're taking out of this is you're going to lose followers. But there are other people that are like, that's history. You're destroying American history. How are you ever going to learn? It's like, OK, that very may well be history. But, but it's that a wrong statue doesn't belong. That statue doesn't belong in a public space. That statue, if you want to not destroy it, belongs in a museum in a place where it's like these motherfuckers are racist piece of shits, and they did exist in history. And yes, let's yeah. learn and from this to the fucking country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you want to get a ticket to go to fucking said museum and see that history and remember that history or teach your grandkid that history, and, and also there, yeah, and also all that history are in books and those don't need to be in public parks. So, and if you want yeah. to learn the real history of America, you can't count on your public education either. You need to do more digging than that. Yeah. Absolutely. Hello whitewash. So, yeah. I, and so I was going on, uh, I was just reading these comments and man, these people are just missing the point by a long shot and it's not erasing American history. It's taking something that's oppressed people for generations and generations and hundreds of years that shouldn't be displayed in a public place. Absolutely. And making um, it, making it right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not trying to suppress history. We're trying to make it not a, like no one's going to put a fucking bust of Hitler in central park, you know? Well, there's not a bust of Hitler in any public space in Germany. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and they're used to losers. And they're that's very German sensitive. history stole. Yeah, and they get taught about it extensively. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the whole time they're getting taught about it, they're getting told what fucking huge pieces of shit their forebears were. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, going back, and I kind of wanted to make that caveat, but so the uh, West Virginians want to replace Confederate monuments with Mothman statues. And I think that is really awesome. I think that's cool. And there's a... Um, in an interview with Mel Magazine, high school teacher and lifelong West Virginia resident Jay Sisson encapsulates the sentiment of many people who are looking for ways to unify rather than divide. Despite what one may think about cryptids in general and Mothman in particular, there might be more crossover and less controversy with replacing Confederate statues with Mothman rather than simply removing them. And here is a quote Let's see. To many West Virginians, Mothman carries more significance than any Confederate general. In fact, the legend originated in the town of Point Pleasant when locals spotted a man-sized bird creature prior to the 1967 Silver Bridge collapse that killed 46 people. Mothman was blamed and retroactively seen as a bad omen that foreshadowed the disaster. From there, the story of the Mothman spread across the country and became an urban legend of sorts. And Twitter user Brenna at Human which i thought was a pretty <laughs> clever I I, I I like that she's like it's funny 
Mothman sightings or she points out what many people forget. Mothman sightings were not associated with the Silver Bridge collapse in Point Pleasant until well after it happened. Despite the scary reputation as a harbinger of disaster and its alleged appearances around the world, Point Pleasant has turned Mothman into a local celebrity with a museum, a large annual festival, and that famous statue. And Jay Sisson says this bonding is a West Virginia thing. And he says, I don't have a full explanation as to why, but it probably has something to do with the fact that we live in a state with a small population and one that suffered years of economic depression and population loss. These circumstances have bonded our population, especially the younger generation, very tightly together. That's awesome. And yeah, the story goes on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in full support of West Virginia replacing Confederate statues with Mothman statues. That would be super awesome. Um, also, maybe replace them with like abolitionists that worked in the state. Like West Virginia actually split from Virginia yeah. because they were like, fuck you racist assholes. We don't want to deal with your shit. Absolutely. So yeah. it would be super dope if they replaced all those Confederate statues with like abolitionists and people of color and Mothman. And <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's super cool. I dude, didn't know that. And everyone that's like complaining about tearing down statues, like most of them went up in the 20th century, like after the civil rights movement, like in Gettysburg, yeah. uh, they had to stop allowing statues at all because every time someone would put up a statue toward the union, a uh, southern state would put up a confederate monument oh no shit in like 1984 and this was b- between 61 and 84 and in 84 the the national park finally had to be like no more statues just that's it period yeah i like, remember reading about that yeah. like these statues are from the 60s and shit so yeah like, that, like no insane. union statues no no confederate statues just that's it so it's like who gives a fuck about taking down a statue that's not even 100 years old that's like yeah yeah it's not it's not yeah it's not like it's a it's an ancient greece fucking thing in the middle of nowhere and josh you might know this better just because you're the history guy but was it alabama and it was like three or four years ago that they in the state capitol still had the um rebel flag flying was it that state Um, or was it another one a lot of them did well mississippi state flag has the rebel flag in it Yeah, yeah um a lot of the southern state flags have some version of the confederate battle flag in it um and then uh i think you're thinking of uh north carolina um where after the unite the right rally they uh nikki haley who was governor at the time said fuck this we need to take the because they still had the confederate flag up underneath the Mm -hmm. united states and the state flag Right. And she was like, nah, we're taking this down, which is like the only good thing she's ever done in her entire miserable <laughs> life. But and, and again, we're not trying to sit here and make this a this is not a yeah. political podcast, whatever have you, but it just it, it needs to be talked about. And that's a great article. I, I think, John, I mean, yeah, God, I'm from Northwest, well, Montana, but Northwest, and I see Bigfoot all over. I'd much rather see a Bigfoot fucking statue rather than some other asshole that was yeah, out there. And yeah, whatever. I think Bigfoot and Mothman are. Yeah hugely less offensive than yeah generally absolutely well <laughs> absolutely absolutely speaking of the current wretchedness <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it going baby uh so there's this is the headline this is from time magazine uh this researcher pred- predicted 2020 would be mayhem here's what he says may come next so peter turchin um is a researcher um i don't remember the name exactly of uh the field that he's in um but it's it's got to do with cultural evolution and uh he and his colleagues have been analyzing uh historical cycles of instability um basically from the beginning of the nation and it seems like about every 50 or so years we uh run into a climate like this in our country um starting in the early 1800s uh around 1820 and that led up to the tensions that escalated into the civil war uh then through the next 50 years with the robber barons and everything to uh the collapse on wall street and the great depression and he he was saying that like the thing that got us out of that was kind of the new deal and then for the next and and the war and then after that it was a more prosperous economy people were more more uh 
solidified as a nation um, and the parties worked better together. There was just less polarization. And a big part of that is because there was a really big uh, surge in the middle class. Um, also, uh, it, during the New Deal, FDR enacted some pretty hefty wealth taxes, much like what uh, Bernie Sanders was proposing. Um, and that all just led to like, pro like basically prosperity for everybody. That's mm -hmm. how right. that works. But right. Anyway. Um, and then starting in the seventies and eighties with, uh, when we started having more economic disparity again, and also like after the civil rights movement accomplished a lot, but still w left a lot undone, mm -hmm. um, things started escalating again. And in 2010, he said, around 2020 we're going to be in another state of uh social unrest and economic upheaval and it's really interesting um like he also said this probably isn't as bad as it's going to get so yeah. there's there's a fucking nice little caveat for everybody a nice little cherry <laughs> on top of everything yeah, uh, I, read, he, I read that this morning uh, sorry keep going oh no i was just gonna what you were probably about to say. Um, there was also an interview with him in Vice uh, about this, and he was mentioning that it's not unlikely that this culminates in another civil war. Yeah. Not well, and it's, it's, interesting not too, it's interesting, too, because it's, he says somewhere in there that it's like everybody's grandkids, basically. It's like the cycle is like all this hard shit happens to the grandparents parents and by the grandkids by the time they're born and kind of starting to live they haven't lived through any of that and they've kind of forgotten about all this stuff and that it kind of starts to begin with them yeah it also has to do with uh conflict with political elites like he mentioned how mm -hmm. uh trump was a good example but he mentioned some other examples from earlier periods but uh how he was um politically entrepreneurial and trying to uh use his wealth to gain political power and did that by riding a wave of, of resentment that's been building since the seventies of just, you know, I mean, we all saw the campaign, right? Yeah. Like just appealing to all the people in the rust belt and everywhere that feel like they've been left behind by everything and saying, I'm going to help you, even though he does not give a single fuck about any of those people. Not even one. No, yep. not even one quarter of one. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It it yeah. was really interesting. I recommend everybody check check it out and check out the interview and Vice because it's I'm definitely giving it my certified negative <laughs> reading, but it's really interesting and it's not as big of a downer as it sounds like when I talk about it. Yeah, no, the minds didn't so. know shit. This guy he has science behind yeah. him. <laughs> well, and the one cool thing is Vice actually has some really good articles. I mean, when they uh they got some good writers, good contributors. MJ Benice is one of them. I mean, it just, um, yeah, I, I like kind of what they put out. And in the nature of everything else, it it is kind of sad. Uh, but I got to say, there's other things happening that is beyond, I guess, the political spectrum or what we're yeah. what we're going to expect in the beginning, what we're going to have happen to us. Um, and not this, this is this is fun, but this is kind of this is another thing that's happening in the world, and it's been happening, but it seems like it's getting a little worse and. Even though they had a reasoning for this, I know, I'm not sure if I don't I don't buy it. Uh, this is an article by Tiffany Lowe. Uh, Mysterious screams like a banshee heard piercing through Texas night sky. So this happened in, in uh, mid-June, I think two weeks ago, roughly. I've been kind of following the story back and forth a little bit. A uh, Texas resident has been left seriously creeped out after recording strange piercing screams echoing through the night in Texas. Daniel Robb, who lives in the city of Bryan, recorded a high-pitched shrieking on May 23rd and said it sounded like something of a banshee, a female spirit in Irish mythology, which we actually have a clip we're going to play you, but we'll continue here real quick. Uh, he points at the cloud and says there's sound screaming so freaking loud and it's coming from up there. And literally when you hear the video, it's coming from all around. Now, not only are the sounds unnerving, because they really are, it, it it's a shrieking howl of some sort. But and this is something I kind of been working on the side. I started doing the research for it, but we haven't. I haven't finished it yet. When we talk about sounds across the world, like there has been multiple accounts and reports, not just in recent times, but back in the the earlier times as well, of knocks and probes and hums and shrieks and just things that yeah. absolutely can't be explained. And it's it's a phenomena. I mean, it's out there. 
So it is. Yeah. There's like the Taos, New Mexico hum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that residents have said it's been happening for years. Yeah. Yeah. There's somewhere I, I want to say in Florida that has like uh, booms constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my, my coworker just last summer, I was going to say, yeah, was getting off of work and I work in a bar. So she was getting home pretty late three ish in the morning, I'd say. And she started recording and we've tried to play it on here, but the, just from her cell phone into, it's just not very good, but like on her phone, it sounds like there's almost a symphony or like a, a long trumpet sound. Like, like it sounds like a, angels a trumpets horn. is what it sounds like. And yeah, it's it all crazy. over crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, it, and it sounds like it's coming from the sky. Yeah. Now I've, I've seen a lot of videos like that too, mm-hmm. where from all over the place where it has uh crazy wild sounds like a symphony or like a, a couple of like really big horns and it's, it's pretty intense and pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. Well, here's a little clip for you uh, listeners. Um, I don't know. Tell us what you think. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Hold on. It's coming from up in the air. What is that? That's so scary. It sounds like someone's screaming. Then it sounds like a bunch of like Indians whooping in the distance. Yeah, I, I okay. So <laughs> it's fucking unnerving. I mean, I just flat out unnerving. So yeah. one of the things that they're saying this is, um, let me look at the article too. That it was a, a pressure release or something from nearby uh, helium or something. Um, let's see, it said it's a pressure safety valve lifting, is what they would say. That's the most plausible thing that. Uh, yeah, that's the most plausible thing that they can come up with, and there's nothing else. But if that's a steam yeah, valve venting, then fuck yeah. that job. I don't want to be there. Just to be a smart ass, I was gonna like text back when you sent that over of just like just sounds like a red tail hawk to me. I don't know what this dude's <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it looks like yeah, he's searching wild. a little bit. It 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 sounds it's horrible. Yeah, it's it sounds awful. <laughs> God, I could part of me wonders like, is that I don't know, something that the earth does with I don't know. I'm no scientist, but like tectonics, it's been proven, yeah, something, but more that's more the knocking or the rumbling or the you know, but that's an earth moving, that's not necessarily reflected from the sky down. I mean, when you're Mm -hmm. when you're surrounded with the sound, it's just odd. It was storming, um. So there's possibilities that that could be like, I don't know, I'm really reaching here, but like <laughs> some sort of like friction being released in the sky, like not thunder, but close to it, maybe caused by the lightning. Also, if he lives near a rail yard, if the tracks are wet and there's a curve, then the wheels squeak a lot more when they're going around it. I don't yeah, know. I've been yeah. to Brian. I've, I've played a show there before, and I, I think it's a college town, and I could be wrong. I think Texas A&M's there, but don't don't take my word for that. But it's just kind of a small town in Texas. I think it's right outside of Houston, but uh, I can't I can't remember any rail yards. I'm sure there is a railroad going through there, though, for sure. Well, even if there is, I mean, I've been around, and you might be right, Josh. I don't know, but you know, I I distinctly I I know that sound when you hear that. I've never heard it like that, but I mean, it's a oh, it's yeah. a plausibility. I mean, I, I think I'm wrong. You know, I'm just saying those are. <laughs> possible I don't sure know. like let's you know. throw it out there like yeah, yeah. kind of it's kind of closing your eyes and throwing the dart at the dartboard with some possibilities <laughs> yeah, it's some real like uh project blue book just explain it away type shit yeah. you know what I mean? that definitely well, is a sound of a porcupine pooping in the woods i've heard well, it before no, you, you guys are idiots it's it's just swamp gas fucking next story. Yeah. Okay? It's a next weather balloon story. and it's losing its air and coming down. Jesus. Anyway, with that being said, it's, uh, it was with freaky. With that being said, it's aliens. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying it's aliens. But uh, it's aliens. Nice segue. Hair, Very nice segue <laughs> because we're going to go into a quick break. Um, maybe about aliens. Stand Who by. Knows? Welcome, Beyonders. Hi, 
how did we get to this weird place? Who are these two crazy guys, and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late-night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. All right, yeah, always fun. Um, John, I think you're up on this one. I am up. It is my turn. Um, <laughs> well, I know we promised aliens at, at the break, but we have lied to you and let you down. Well, I've lied to you and let you down. This story is actually about Dan Aykroyd, which mm. everybody well, loves. so it is about aliens. It kind of is. It kind of is, actually. So Dan Aykroyd is set to narrate a new docu-series called Hotel Paranormal for the Travel Channel. Nice. I'm so and, glad you brought this up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, and if anybody knows um, Dan Aykroyd, he's not only a hilarious comedian, actor, but um, he's really into the paranormal, and I, I don't, his grandpa, like, it's, it's like a whole family thing. Shane, I think you know a little bit more about, like, just his history. Yeah, yeah, actually, and just real quick, so I, I read his book, not his book, he did the forward for it, but um, his, uh, father wrote a book about his grandfather and yeah his grandfather in fact he lives still on the same property that his grandfather owned uh, he was a dentist but he was also a spiritualist and so Dan Ackroyd's father talks about sneaking downstairs and seeing these seances and everything like this going on that's kind of what gave him the idea of Ghostbusters was the diaries and all the little things they found up in the attic and the treasure chest that his granddad did all these notes and these interviews and what's really cool, and we're trying to get her on, hopefully she can come on, but there's a an author by the name of Shannon Taggart, and she spent 14 years writing a – it's a photo album, book of sorts, uh, but she spent 14 years up in Lilydale, which is upper state New York, one of the biggest medium spiritualist areas where they're just centralized. Um, Dan Aykroyd talks about it all the time. Uh, she spent this time just writing about these people and taking pictures of these mediums that did this. And what's really cool is Dan Aykroyd actually wrote the Ford for her book. So ah, just some kind of okay. tie-ins, yeah. you know. So that's super cool. So um this show is gonna feature firsthand testimonies and reenactments of several guests that have had the misfortune of checking in a haunted hotel. And he's quoted as saying saying that as a longtime believer in ghosts, I think the incredible encounters we're highlighting on paranormal will open up a lot of minds and hopefully break through some of the skepticism people carry about the paranormal. Ackroyd said, uh, I'm excited to lend my voice to help bring viewers across the United States. These gripping real life ghost stories, many of which take place in their own backyards. And each episode is going to feature accounts from three different people. And the description of the premiere episode reads, a traveling salesman checks into a motel where he documents poltergeist activity with his cell phone. Fleeing into the night, he becomes possessed by the spirit of murder and in need of an exorcism. While on a school trip to the Vatican, a teenager and his friends accidentally set free an ancient evil and suffer the consequences. Then, a journalist is hunting down a story in Connecticut when she checks into a historic New England inn and fights off a supernatural attack. These guests have all become prey to a paranormal predator. Oh, John, I just slid out of my chair. Your voice is so <laughs> sultry. I just, oh. I, I felt like having fun and <laughs> making yeah, everybody I can hot. Smell Shane from here. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, sounds pretty fun. Uh, Travel Channel is kind of killing it in That's some cool. of their TV shows. They have like Alien Highway that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that one show that we were all watching. Uh, with like the super like intense military guy, yeah. Which Fuck, one was, was that? that? <laughs> I can't fucking. I got in the last contrangle. Was, it, was the guy good Mike too. Cole? Because I I follow that dude on Twitter and stuff. He's actually really interesting. I don't know. It was yeah. actually a really cool show, and I'm not talking shit on that guy. But he's like, 
there's some things we gotta figure them out. <laughs> so, yeah. And it was like the the bald intelligence guy that brought it up on. But like Travel Channel yeah. actually has some pretty cool shows as of late. They've been doing good. So I didn't actually I didn't know that. So I knew it was a Canadian produced one, but Travel Channel's picking that up, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's Hotel, awesome. Hotel Paranormal. Um, I, I don't know if I saw a date on here though. Really to. God. Oh, Hotel Paranormal premieres July 11th on the Travel Channel. So awesome, awesome! In a in a, in a few weeks, couple weeks. Yeah, anything um, Ackroyd's behind, man. I I just love following that guy. He's got stories that you can't even imagine. It it's amazing. Travel Channel also does. Uh, they show Kindred Spirits, I think it's called. Um, yeah. and Greg and Dana Newkirk are on that a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah. I've I seen them guest that. on that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Awesome story. That's cool. I, I stumbled across that and then I kind of forgot about it. But, uh, you know, good on him. Good on him. Yeah, Another little. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. But uh, his uh, special that he had on Netflix for a little bit, Dan Aykroyd on UFOs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. And he's like, yep, really involved in this world. Absolutely. He is. And I think anybody that sees the Blues Brothers or Ghostbusters or something would never really imagine how far into this kind of thing dan Aykroyd actually really is yep and speaking yep. of which we need to talk to his publicist and get him on for an interview <laughs> it's funny because he actually had uh he talks about not only the ufos not only ghosts but um his encounters he's a firm believer in man in black or something thereof that he's been followed like yeah there's some shit out there so that book i was talking about for any of you that uh want to read it so i believe it's by the name of peter Ackroyd. I, I think wrote it um and it's called history of ghosts really simple i, I think it came out in 2013 2014 it's an easy read and it, it's mainly again his grandfather's transcripts um but just kind of you know, funny because Ghostbusters, again, ectoplasm, that's where it came from. It came from his grandfather from that book, and he just kind of incorporated it into the script in the movie. Um, just a very fascinating individual. Man, I, I would give my left nut to sit down with Dan Aykroyd for an hour and just talk to him. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, dear listeners, I'm not going to let you down about aliens. Thank so, God. <laughs> mysterious UFO captures imaginations in Japan. It's hardly the stuff of little green men. Oh, shit. Sorry. But a mysterious balloon. <laughs> God <object>. damn it. <laughs> um, a mysterious balloon like object seen floating across the skies of northern Japan has captured national attention, even prompting questions to the government. Oh, no. Uh, the unidentified flying object was first spotted on Wednesday morning when residents in northern Sendai City took to social media to post pictures and debate what they were seeing. This white thing isn't moving at all. What is it? Can anyone tell me? I, I feel attacked, uh, wrote one user, <laughs> with others chiming in using the hashtag unidentified flying object in Japanese. Authorities said they were baffled by the object, with close-up images taken by local residents and media suggest is composed of a balloon-like object attached to crossed sticks with propellers. So that's weird. Mm. Uh, the object looks like a balloon for morning or for monitoring weather, but it's not ours. An official at the Sendai Bureau of the of the Japan Meteorolo- Meteorological Agency told AFP on Thursday. Uh, local police reportedly flew a helicopter to confirm the presence of the object, but also drew a blank on its identity, even after consulting other authorities and organizations. So it basically was looking like a weather balloon to them, um, but nobody could figure it out. Uh, it said everybody was posting pictures. There are none in this article, so I don't know. Um, I saw pictures like, of that. I mean, it's like, I, a, it's a glo- like a balloon or a globe or something of sorts, right? Is uh, that what was seen? I don't know. This article didn't have any pictures. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But I want to know what it looked like because it said it had solar panels and propellers and stuff. Weird. Which doesn't really sound like a weather balloon. Well, hmm. from uh, from the there was a video on the link that you sent that I actually watched. It's uh, like a thirty six second video, and it kind of reminded me of what I thought I saw last month was oh, really? a weather balloon because I looked oh. up and it was a bright white light in the star or in the sky, and it was completely daylight, uh, 
hardly a cloud in the sky. And I noticed it, it just looked like a, an orb, a super bright light, just kind of floating. And then all of a sudden I noticed there was kind of a long tether on it. And I think in one of the explanations, somebody says it's a bright light with a long tether on it. And that's exactly what like, I saw what you saw in Salt Lake. Wow. But what <laughs> that's what I chalk up to a weather balloon. And I Googled what weather balloons look like. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's the tether and just just that's... see just find the pictures of Roswell, John. That and then you know what a weather balloon looks like. It's very self explanatory. You know. <laughs> Fucking All right, well, so Roswell was is... something very more uh, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. diabolical. Yes, very much so. Well, so what someone I else's think. weather bureau, not little green men. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, but, you know, uh, it's 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 funny because I mean, it's uh, you know, we have all kinds of things happening that we really can't explain. Um, that's one of them. This is another one that I stumble on, which is kind of neat. And this is, you know, we all kind of like science and the mysterious version of that, whether it be black holes, whether it be, you know, the Higgs boss. And I mean, there's the experiments going on this earth now that scientists are doing. We don't just don't understand. Um, unexpected events spotted inside dark matter experiment. So this article is by Andrew Griffin. Um, unexpected events have been detected at the world's most sensitive dark matter experiment. Researchers do not claim to have found dark matter. But they say that they're in, uh, there is an as yet unexplained and unexpected rate of events found in the data from the experiment and that they do not know the source. The new breakthrough could be a sign of an entirely newly discovered kind of particle or unpredicted behavior that may require us to fundamentally change our understanding of physics. How's that? How you guys like how that fits on you? That's crazy. Wait, what? I'm interested. Uh, yeah, the results come Go from the on. <laughs> right. The results come from the Xenon collaboration, which brought together researchers from across the world who are attempting to detect dark matter. It did so using an experiment known as Xenon IT, uh, which was located deep underground in Italy. Seeing evidence of dark matter would be one of the biggest possible breakthroughs in science, though it. Oh wait, they screwed this up. Though it is thought to make up eighty-five percent of the matter in the universe, it has never been detected directly. The Xenon IT experiment aimed to find them by filling a detector with 3.2 tons of ultra-pure liquefied xenon, which is a chemical element, which I thought it was. Is it Xenon Warrior Princess? No, that's Xena. Xena. That's something totally different. Yeah, anyway. She's a national treasure, by the way. We should replace some <laughs> Confederate statues with Xena. Xena. Uh, I would yeah, totally absolutely. look at that statue. At least statue. one. I'm not, I'm not greedy. Just one. And will you, you'll find me on the bench right outside of that statue. Most days, Lucy probably. Lawless. I got your back, girl. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, if a particle passes through that xenon, <laughs> it creates a tidy flashlight. Since most of those interactions occur from particles that are known to exist, scientists are able to predict how many there will be, and any excess ones would be evidence of some unexpected physics. Well, evidently this happened. Um, they had 53 surprising events out of 232 that they absolutely cannot explain. So, yeah, there's that. I don't know. I'm always I'm fascinated with quantum theory. I'm fascinated with what we're still playing with when it comes to particles we don't know about. They talk about antimatter. They talk about dark matter in the universe. Um, I, I, am I the only one that's just kind of fascinated well, by it? No, I'm absolutely fascinated by it, but I just don't understand it. Like, Grant, quantum's weird. I, 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 oh, I want man. to understand it so bad, and I'm like, wow, that is crazy. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, could I'm you explain idiot. that to me? <laughs> I am an idiot. I get like the high level, like abstract, what they would call the abstract in the in the papers that they publish, like where they basically say what the math says. I don't understand any of the math at all. No, um, no. It, so like, yeah. I, I, I feel like on a very basic, very high level, I understand a lot of it, or at least like the theories. But it's also very fucking mind boggling. Well, it was the other day that they actually, well, they did it. So they took and they transported. And when I say transport, and I talk a little bit about this uh, today. For those of you who don't know, we have a really cool interview coming out uh, probably next week. I think that'll drop. We had a great uh, we had a great person on board, and we were talking to him about weird stuff. And one of the things I discovered, read a news report like a week ago, was they found out how to basically transport quantum entanglement from one spot to another spot. I don't know what that entails, but that's just amazing that they could do that, even if it's just four inches. You know, how does that happen? You know? Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Well, and I guess, I mean, it takes baby steps, right? 
Yeah, always does. I mean, as soon as you can get it four inches, then you can get it a foot. Yeah. Then you can get it over there, you know. That's what I side keep telling room. myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's baby steps, Josh. I know. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a problem with quantum entanglement myself. Just the tip. You just got to start with a tip, and then you can work from there. Well, apparently, that's what I'm learning today. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back with uh, some wrap-ups and more news. So stand by, guys. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, Will, I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you did you just make a Will I Am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? All right, what, what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? Oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, and we are back. Um, Again, John, it goes back in your wheelhouse, I think. Well, I wouldn't consider this my wheelhouse, but I definitely find (laughs) it interesting. So astronomers create fifth state of matter in, in, in the International Space Station. And this is by Chris Young, interestingengineering.com. And NASA's Cold Atom Lab was launched into space by SpaceX rocket in 2018. And then since then, it has raked up the orbital miles aboard the International Space Station, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the meat and potatoes real quick. Blah, blah, blah. Bob blah blah's law blog. So the versatile facility, which can be operated remotely from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory on Earth, has recently aided in the creation of "quote unquote" exotic matter aboard the ISS. And NASA researchers recently reported the production of rubidium Bose-Einstein condensates, or better known as BECs. That's so atoms. much better. atoms formed when current elements are cooled to near absolute zero zero kelvin minus 273.15 celsius Mm. so they're studying becs and microgravity and becs share similarities to potassium metal and cesium metal in physical appearance softness and conductivity they're sometimes referred to as the fifth state of matter because in a bec Matter stops behaving as independent particles and collapses into a single quantum state that can be described with a single uniform wave function. The problem with BECs is that they are incredibly fragile as they need to be cooled to such low temperatures. The slightest interaction with the external world is enough to warm them past their condensation threshold. Artist concept of an atom chip for use by NASA's cold atom laboratory aboard the ISS As such, they're almost impossible to study on Earth. Not only are temperatures too high, Earth's gravity also interferes with the magnetic fields required to hold BECs in place for observation. So microgravity allows us to confine atoms with much weaker forces since we don't have to support them against gravity. Robert Thompson uh, from California Institute of Technology Pasadena told AFP, And the research published in the journal Nature details several stunning differences in the properties of BECs created on Earth and the ones observed aboard the ISS. BECs in terrestrial labs have typically lasted milliseconds before dissipating. And aboard the ISS, the BECs lasted more than a full second, which... Wow. You know, while this might not seem like much, it allowed the researchers unprecedented insight into the properties of BECs. I mean, that's huge in that kind of a time structure. A second is fucking huge. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, and microgravity aboard the ISS also meant that that 
magnetic fields needed to manipulate the atoms could be weaker, speeding their cooling and allowing for clear images to be taken. Uh, the research team leader, David Aveline, said that studying BECs in microgravity opened up a wealth of research opportunities. And he is quoted as saying, applications range from tests of general relativity and searches for dark energy and gravitational waves to spacecraft navigation and prospecting for subsurface minerals on the moon and other planetary bodies, bodies he explained. Wow. Wow. That kind of blows your mind a little bit, right? I mean, think about what they're finding up there. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's unprecedented. It's just like my last article. Like we, you know, as dumb as we are as a species and we can't get along and we can't figure out how to not wear a mask in public, we have these things going on on the other side that people just aren't paying attention to, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. And I didn't even know there was five, five states of matter. I didn't even know there were four states of matter uh, until I read this article. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, does anyone want to take a stab in the dark? What the fourth state of matter is? Farts? Uh, is it Close. farts? I mean, it's farts. That's my state of matter, but that's actually a <laughs> gas and a liquid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what day it is. Wait, so. wait, wait. So, is the fourth state of matter just chunky? Oh, uh, Jesus it's, Christ! It, it's plasma, actually. Oh um, no, shit. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have gas, liquid, solid, plasma, which is the fourth state of matter. And now this fifth state of matter is the BEC. That's crazy. And that stands for Bose-Einstein condensates. Because that was always, that was a theory that never could be proved by Einstein. And here we are, you know? I swear to God, he was an alien. I don't know, you know, I'm not a bet man, but him and Tesla, they had some shit going on. I can't explain it, but no, that's, a baby that's together. Cra- oh God, wouldn't that be, well, that would be another <laughs> quantum entanglement, I'm sure. Um, that's a great article, dude. That's awesome. Shit. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't write it, but I'm glad you <laughs> liked it. <laughs> All right. So we do have aliens, I guess, because Shane fucking just finally, Jesus Christ, Einstein and alien. <laughs> I don't have aliens. Shane oh my god! Aliens. I have aliens. I got one oh. right here. I was about to Thanks. leave. I was about to just done deal. Call it a just day. Storm out. Enough. <laughs> I mean, this could be aliens, but it's probably not. It's probably just natural phenomena. Um, astronomers detect regular rhythm of radio waves with origins unknown. Mm. A team of astronomers, including researchers at MIT, has picked up on a curious repeating rhythm of fast radio bursts emanating from an unknown source outside our galaxy, 500 million light years away. Fast radio bursts, or FRBs, are short, intense flashes of radio waves that are thought to be the product of small, distant, extremely dense objects though exactly what those objects might be is a long-standing mystery in astrophysics. FRBs typically last a few milliseconds, during which time they can outshine entire galaxies. That's a lot. Yeah, smidge. Uh, Since the first FRB was observed in 2007, astronomers have cataloged over 100 fast radio bursts from distant sources scattered across the universe outside our own galaxy. For the most part, these detections were one-offs flashing briefly before disappearing entirely. In a handful of instances, astronomers observed fast radio bursts multiple times from the same source, though with no discernible pattern. This new FRB source, which the team has cataloged as FRB a bunch of numbers, is the first (laughs) to produce a periodic or cyclical pattern of fast radio bursts. The pattern begins with a noisy four-day window during which the source emits random bursts of radio waves, followed by a 12-day period of radio silence. The astronomers observed that this 16-day pattern of fast radio bursts reoccurred consistently over 500 days of observation. Uh, This FRB we're reporting now is like clockwork, says uh, Kiyoshi Masui, assistant professor of physics in MIT's uh, Kavli Institute. Institute for Astrophysics and Space Research. It's the most definitive pattern we've seen from one of these sources, and it's a big clue that we can use to start hunting down the physics of what's causing these bright flashes 
which nobody really understands. So there are a bunch of theories. There's a theories that maybe it's coming from a magnetar, which is a, a star with a super, super heavy magnetic field, um, or that it's a binary star uh, system like binary pulsar that hmm. uh, because it's orbiting its other star or a black hole, it uh, isn't always pointing at us. And that's why like every time it comes around and it's pointing at us every, you know, of those four days of the 16 day cycle. Um, there's another theory that it's passing through a, like a, its sun is putting out uh, gas clouds that it's passing through that are acting like a lens. So every time it passes through it, that's when we see it. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but it all hmm. comes down to basically them thinking it's most likely some sort of pulsar uh, that it's not like the wow signal or like any kind of intelligent communication does this have anything to do with the radio bursts that we were seeing a few months ago? I, I was going to ask. Yeah. Is it something? Um, they were kind of sporadic. I remember a few months ago there wasn't. And in this article, it seems like they're more, uh, you know, it might, there's a be, pattern to them. You mean? Yeah. There's because, more of a pattern because they were more sporadic a few months ago. Is this, it took them a while to figure out that there was a pattern. Um, right. So it very well could be that one. Cause like, uh, like this article said, usually they're like one and done, like you get the FRB and then you never see it again from that area. Right. Yeah. Um, which makes it seem like maybe it's something coming from like some sort of maybe catastrophic thing, like not a supernova, but something like that. Like I, like, I don't know. Somebody's how... finally getting here via light years and no, you know... like when, when pulsars pulsars tend to be like if if a star goes supernova and what's left doesn't turn into a black hole it tends to be a super small super dense star like a like a pulsar it's basically the core of the star that exploded right just sitting there flashing uh radio signals yeah so hmm. i don't know uh, I am not a scientist. I don't know, man. But I, yeah, I got to say, the the word magnetar, that sounds like a fucking wicked speed metal band. I Whoever named those things that, kind of cool, kind of badass. That but, actually does you know. sound like a wicked speed metal band. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. You know, just saying. That's interesting. And, you know, like, John, you brought up with the, with the, the uh, signals that they're coming from space. And I... Why would I think I, I seem like 153 or 58 days, like now they found a pattern to where... You know how often it pings off us, which I find because now they found a pattern. You know what's next because they've been wondering about these things, and then what Josh was talking about too. It, yeah, it's just amazing. Space is a space is a terrible thing to taste. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I always wonder too. Like by the time we're getting these radio waves, say it was mm -hmm. from an ancient civilization, sure. or not even an ancient civilization, just a civilization. By the time we got any of these radio waves. Who's to say they're not even there? I, Wiped you out know, or, like they could have yeah. been gone millions of years ago. Yeah. And that is to say they even figured out radio waves. Right. You know, exactly. They could have figured out a completely different way to communicate or send things out. Yeah, there's you been can. some yeah, there's been some sci fi shows that kind of cover that too. Like, you know, Star Trek had a couple episodes like that. It's a defunct civilization from five hundred years ago. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's interesting when you hear about these things flying through space and how they interact with us and how we're seeing them. You know what I mean? Do Do you guys remember that movie from the eighties called Explorers? No, um, no. Like it, fucking River Phoenix was in it when he was like a kid. Um, oh. And uh, these so basically, kids, like, River Phoenix's whole life. Basically, well, <laughs> when he was a kid. <laughs> God damn, not kid, was, kid. Not when yeah, he died when as he, a kid, but just yeah, it's a kid. It's like Space Goonies, like that age. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, like they uh, find like a weird. If I remember right, it's like an orb of light that comes in that like shows them like an a weird looking alien civilization that's basically mimicking early TV back to them, like. Like there's these weird looking little aliens basically doing reruns of uh of fucking the Jackie Gleason show. Jesus and stuff. Weird. And they figure out how to make a spaceship out of like a old like tea kettle ride car. And uh yeah, I don't know. I, I'm it's gonna on Netflix. Uh, is it really and I was gonna say get it. 
Get it? Okay. All right. Explorers. Nice and funny. I'll write it, that down. It was one of my favorite movies when I was like a little kid. Like that would be what I'd rent if I stayed home sick from school. So it was like Time Bandits. That was my favorite show. I love yeah. Time Bandits. You know, they're just so kick ass. But well, speaking of shows, shall we jump into this? I got some updates real quick and then uh, we're going to wrap up with something that, again, is kind of creepy. Um, I'm titillated about it. You know, Ooh, you're titillated. Yeah, I know. Right? I just, I've been wanting to use that word all day and I finally found I a can, place to I can snudge tell, it in. I can tell that you've <laughs> just been chomping at the bit to use that word. <laughs> Absolutely. You saying titillated is a little creepy. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got my pants on, so I think we're cool. Um, Do you, though? Eh, nobody knows. We're on video, so we're good. <laughs> uh, so here is something that's really cool. And I love this show when it came out. And actually, it scared the shit out of me when it came out, even though it is huge. Special effects, Hollywood bullshit. I totally get it. So, guys, don't knock me down for this. But um, I'm assuming we all saw 13 Ghosts, correct? Not the original, but the mm-hmm. remake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's it's been a long time. Yeah. There was original was... back in 60s. This is like the one in yeah. 2013, right? With Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I, Jesus, I think so, yeah, <laughs> if I remember right. Oh, man. Uh, I used to watch that with a girl that I was like, I don't know if I would say dating, but was trying to date and uh, just fornicating with. Yes, <laughs> sometimes titillating, but often not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to titillate uh, Shane over there, <laughs> right? So yeah, but anyway, I was remember like her wanting to watch that in Twenty Eight Days Later, and I'm like not a huge horror movie guy, so it was I was just like, she is it worth it? it? Takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> That's a, as you just close yes, your I eyes. Love this and hope movie, the it's my favorite. <laughs> Is that so the funny. one where there's like, oh god, it's one with Tony Shalhoub, uh, the guy that played Monk. He's been it. He was in there's like a Black. bunch of like creepy ghosts. Like, yeah, there's 13 of them exactly. Yeah, and it's in a house. Hence the title. Like <laughs> some weird ass clockwork shit. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I it remember. It came out like right around the same time they remade like the house haunting on Hill House. Or yeah, whatever. All that Our, shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, okay, maybe yeah. I might be wrong. The two thirty. Maybe it was like 2001 or something. I, I think, think it's more closer to the turn of the century. <laughs> Fucker. I know that House on Haunted Hill, Hill was in like front of a laptop. We can get to the bottom of this. I know. Right? But but continue. But Sorry, continue. So House on Haunted Hill. I getting away from your titillating story. 2001. 2001. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that so, sounds. Um, not really a big story on this, but uh, for those of you who might not have seen it, because you know there's thousands of movies that come out and they fly under the the radar, definitely. Um, they are actually releasing a Blu-ray edition, but not only Blu-ray, but it has a bunch of deleted scenes that were not in the original movie. Um, something I was talking about before too. It's a remake of a, and I love this guy, and I don't know if you guys, you probably not into the old black and whiters, but there's a guy called William Castle. He was kind of like the poor man's Hitchcock, I guess, if you have to put a name on it. You know, he was okay. like the splatter dude. He came out with like, uh, you know, the snatcher and the the crawler and the itcher and then this one. And it sounds I'm like going a, on break. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just kidding. Um, but this is like sorry. 1960 was the original one. Then they did a remake. Uh, remake was really good. Again, Tony Shalhoub, they're in a glass house. Their uncle passed away. The guy who played Shaggy and Scooby Doo is in it. I don't know. There's a bunch of actors that you know you'll notice. He also played the maniac in Scream. So I mean, oh we can, yes, we can respect his career a little more than than Scooby Doo. Yeah, and he did a good <laughs> Shaggy though. I gotta say, yeah, he played you know? one of the dickhead teenagers in uh, that one coming of age movie with Freddie Prinze Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. I don't know. I I don't know. But anyway. Um, yeah, so this is it. Look for it. It's coming out. Um, actually, it'll be out tomorrow is good. And then there's something else I stumble on the movies, which I love this guy only because of Tremors. I'll watch anything he's in after Tremors because he just had me. He had my heart at that point. Um, there is a new movie that Kevin Bacon has out. It will be out actually tomorrow. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, it'll be Sunday. Um, it's called Should Have Left. And it is a very creepy thriller haunted house thing. I saw the previews and it, uh, I don't know, looks pretty funky. So I, I, I just saw it um, last night, actually. It definitely looks worth a watch. Bloomhouse, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Bloomhouse yeah. behind a lot of good stuff recently. And tremors. I just got to, I just got to, I just got to, uh, do you have a problem with Tremors? No, but Tremors is what. Sold you on Kevin Bacon? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a little weird. Yeah, like tr- Tremors is great, but that's what sold you on Kevin it, Bacon? It wasn't like, Footloose. Did- <laughs> I would tell you that. It what? wasn't Footloose. 
Jesus it wasn't Christ. like Flatliners or... Mm, Stir of Echoes was pretty good. Stir of Echoes. Um, yeah. No, no, I'll go with Tremors. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a She's classic. She's having a baby. Oh, that was hilarious. You don't like John Hughes movies? Come on. <laughs> True. Well, let, let the record show that Tremors is what brought Shane into the world of Kevin Fucking Bacon. Tremors. It is. Oh, I love that. I mean, shows. hey, it's a great movie. I love movie. that movie. Yeah. Yeah, don't okay. get me wrong. I'm no, just saying like... Great. I was like, I can't believe Kevin Bacon's in this. Not like, who's this guy that's in Tremors? You know, touche. Touche. Kevin Bacon definitely yeah. did a favor for the movie. He really honestly did. And then they had the one guy that came back all the time. And I can't remember. The guy was in Family Ties. He was a dad. He's a main grossman. Anyway, you know. Yeah. Anyway. But being said, yeah, what would you think about the video, the clip? Because it looks good. I mean, it looks... I don't know. It looks, it looks it, it, Yeah, no, it looks worth watching. Um, I liked in the clip, they measure the inside of the house and then they measure the outside of the house and the outside is five feet different than the inside. So cool. Seems interesting, but I still can't get over the fact that you're going to claim <laughs> Kevin Bacon and Tremors. You know what? I'm, I'm a kook. I can't say anything about that. That's just well, is what it is. No denying so. that, but sometimes you learn something new about people in your life. And you're just kind of taken aback and you're just not, Actually, just not exactly sure. You're not going to talk to me anymore, are you? No, I given, will. I'll, I'll talk to you all you want. But our experience with Shane's uh, movie history and like what he's seen and what he hasn't seen, this is actually not at all surprising. It really falls into the <laughs> way line, doesn't it? Because yeah, I missed out on a bunch of stuff only having two channels. So you know, it's what well, I Mystic chose. To River. Make. He was in Mystic River too. He was never the, seen it. He was the homicide detective of Mystic River. Oh, Shane, you should watch Mystic River. Is it good? Oh, my God. It's old, I know, but is it good? Oh, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, Man, he's just in so many good. Oh, Hollow Man. Oh, Hollow Man. That's, yeah, that actually was a really good one. I watch that. Oh, that, you know, again, and she's having a baby. You brought that up, Josh. That actually was a good show. I remember that one clip where literally. She's like, well, I talked to my parents about her problem, and then it goes to the scene of they're in bed fucking in the dark, and the dad's in the end of the bed with a miner's helmet on going, got to get your butt higher, son. You're not doing it right. I Just <laughs> classic. Just absolute classic. I do love the weird neo-surrealism of John Hughes movies sometimes. <laughs> they, are, they are a little off, that's for sure. But anyway, well, so. You know a weird thing about Tremors <laughs> that I just realized? That came out in 1990. Yeah. yeah, it's not that old. Well, that's old, but I mean, it's pretty it's damn old. years. Yeah, but not. Yeah. I mean, you would think that would be like an '80s movie, right? Yeah. With I, like well, I thought that events. came out in like '97 or something. To be honest. Oh, but, really? Um, oh. Also, I mean, he. So now that I'm giving you shit about that's what solidified Kevin Bacon, <laughs> I have to kind of roll back my statement. Thank God, because it was 1990, and all these movies that I'm like I love from Kevin Bacon, like Apollo 13. That's '95. So I'm the asshole in this situation for <laughs> accusing you of that's what Touché, made you fall in love with Kevin Bacon. That's funny. Well, there and you go. He's been, he's been around forever. I love that guy. You know, he's just so good. My wife is so infatuated with Footloose. It's pathetic. I'm like, okay, all right. Oh, dude. Whatever. Uh, um, we watch both versions very often in my house. Yeah, I'm There's sure. two versions. Mm. Yeah, MTV did a reboot with some no-name kid and uh, that – chick from fucking chicks disrespectful term uh er, at i can't remember her first name Susanna huff mm, okay. uh so yeah it's actually pretty fun yeah well i just yeah i just have to stand corrected so i'm, I'm sorry shane that's probably you, actually a pretty good movie to fall in love with him thank you with. sir i appreciate that it makes me feel i can go to sleep tonight with um piece on my mind i mean i, I feel like that. footloose is really the only big movie he did before tremors i uh, besides yeah. planes trains and automobiles shut up he was in that yeah what was he in that i don't know we're really getting IMDb. off track <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> anyway with that being said um there's one more thing we're gonna leave you guys with uh which i i find just this is amazing um there is a tree by the name of a bloodwood tree in Australia. There's a scientific name for it. I looked it up. It, it's kind of amazing. But you guys ever heard of this thing? Like, it, it looks uh, like a tree tree. No. It's not anything weird like a Harry Potter thing. 
Um, is it a Game of Thrones tree where there's a face on it and it cries blood? Uh, no, this is actually worse. So the actual sap in this tree is a color of real blood and it pulses out the same way. So sometimes really? fact is stranger than fiction. Um, this guy cut down a tree and literally he he's never cut one of these down before. And you can see the blood. And we got a quick clip we'll play where he's just amazed at what's happening. And when you see the clip, and it's actually in the links I sent you guys, um, and you can see it. It literally is pulsing blood like somebody cut an artery. And the sap is just spewing out of this tree. It's the weirdest thing in the world. But wow. here's here's a quick little clip. Blood pumping out of a tree after I cut it because it was on the fence. I do not understand why this tree has apparently blood pumping out of it. Like this guy was in awe that that actually happened. And the video is kind of crazy because it, it – yeah, it's I can't explain it. So, and I thought it was fake when I looked it up, and then I actually researched a little bit. And you know, Australia is full of weird shit. Add this to the list. You know, this is another thing that Australia has that I just don't get. Weird. They just have a blood. What's the what? What is the tree called again? Um, it's called a bloodwood tree, but actually, so I'll tell you the scientific name for it real quick. Uh, if I can locate that, um, it is called a. It's called a, a weirwood tree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Carimbia apaca is mm. what it's called, and it's a okay. desert bloodwood tree that is a popular in northern Australia. So, so what is the blood actually? Uh, it's the sap, I guess. Like it reams the outside of the bark, and it's a sap. You see the video on the link I sent you guys, and you can look at it. it it's just yeah, crazy. Check that out. For anybody that wants to pull that up, too, by the way, we'll try to put the links on the website and uh, in the show notes, but just type in bloodwood tree bleeding, whatever you want to do, and you can see it. Uh, you know what? If I was chopping something down or cutting something down with a chainsaw and I watch that happen, I would definitely think there's evil intentions behind this sapling it would not it does not look natural by any way shape or form but i'll have to i'll have to check out that link for sure it is absolutely crazy um that's all i have on my side do you guys have any wrap-ups on your guys's side at all negative uh be cool to each other defund the police and that's all i gotta say absolutely yep stay weird yeah Stay weird. Follow us where we can, all social platforms. You can write us. If you have a story you want to call in for, we do this monthly, this uh, 14 News. Um, or if you just have a story or a tale to tell, by all means, you can at strangejungles at gmail.com. You can actually call us too, and you can leave a three minute message. If it's longer than that, leave another one. We'll splice that together. We do, uh, you know, the magic of, of podcasting on our side. And that number is 801 252 69 30 45. And uh, you can also check out a website if you want at mystrangejuggles.com. Uh, we actually added a new friend of the the website, friend of ours, um, an interview that we had today that we'll be releasing the week after this news episode. So I think all in all, other than the weird calamity and the weird scenarios going on around us, um, you know, we're doing good. We hope you guys are doing good too. It's really hard to kind of keep keep your peace of mind nowadays and, and um, you know, we're with you. So, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Well, if you guys got anything else, uh, we will close the gates. Close the gates. You've been listening to a fourth hand production.